Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Welcome to the Boston Art Podcast. Boston's premier art podcast. Where we talk art, culture, and philosophy. My name is Theodora Earthworms. And I am Brian Huntress. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Just taking a little recording breath. What's up with you? Um, kind of a lot, actually. Welcome to the show! We are your hosts, Brian Untress and Theodora Earthworms! So fuck what I'm doing, I guess. Did that sound like a, like, was that like, <laughs> like, I know that obviously sounded stupid, but, like, if I refined that, do you think it could sound like a real... Like a like a real announcer. What kind of announcer would that be called? Because I wanted to call that like a wrestling announcer, but like there's a also, name for doing that. I think it sounds is like is that like a barker? That's different, right? Well, a carnival barker is like a guy that's trying to get you to go into a carnival. But like that sounds like something that would have emerged from like late 1800s boxing matches, mm. or maybe like yeah the 1920s. Or spa, like almost like some like some kind of like vaudeville announcer style. Yeah, I don't fucking know. There's got to be a name for it. Someone knows. Someone out there knows. Yeah, uh, I feel like you could do well. I think that if you have like a really reverby, shitty mic and an audience of people screaming, it's very easy to do that. The reason it sounds weird is because you're like acapella, if you will. But you know how they're like the tight the the Sultan of Swing, the Titan of Terror, blue blue. Bah! Yeah, but then that's where the reverb comes in. Oh, you mean the the actual like what sound you're yelling aesthetic. into? Yeah, right. And then I the see. people going, ah! yeah, that will make it perfect. So I think you'd have your like act down. You just need the garnishes. You need the, yeah, garnishes. There's a comedian named Andrew Schulz who did a comedy special where the intro to the special was like some wrestling announcer doing that, like introducing him that way. <laughs> Kind of interesting. It's cool. Anyway, My I had, jeans a, are I had a thought about uh, the genre folk punk. Okay. When we were just listening to folk punk a second ago. Yeah. And it's kind of funny because I started listening to it right at the end of high school, mm-hmm. which made me think that I had arrived to listening to it late. Like I was like late. I'm like, oh, I used to, if I had listened to this back when I was like, doing drugs and stuff I would have loved it and I thought I was like almost missed that it happened yeah because I was you know what I mean but looking back to who I was when I was listening to it I was such like a degenerate fucking idiot (laughs) that I was the demographic for it but I didn't know (laughs) oh like I was like man drug addicts and fucked up mentally ill people must love this music (laughs) but I was like a mentally ill like moron like like ruining my life a little more every single day (laughs) and listening to it like thinking like yeah this isn't for me but I like it (laughs) (laughs) yeah I used to listen to um a lot of songs that were like about depression 
and I used to say, do you ever say this when you were younger, that like, I don't know, I'm a really happy person, but sad music just makes me really happy. But I was like so fucked up at the time. So no, but I, I do, I have heard a lot of people say that before. That was me. I feel like that's like girl, girl core. Like, I feel like that's something girls say. Like, I'm a, really good at suppressing my emotions. Yeah, that's not something like, like a, a lot of young men that are totally fucked up are like, I'm the most fucked up person alive. <laughs> I'm worse than everybody. But like, and they're just explosive. Yeah. Girls but, are like, I can take it. <laughs> it's kind of interesting because men are are simultaneously suppressing their emotions, but also not controlling them at all. Yeah. How is that? How is that possible? Because repressed emotions bubble up as anger. Oh right. You can't uh, really repress emotions. Right, because all the emotions don't come out; they just go through the prism of rage. Yeah. Okay. Which is true for women too. It just comes out in a different form. Right. Sometimes, I guess these are sweeping generalizations. Of course, yeah, it definitely depends on the person, yeah. as always. Um, starting off strong on this episode, huh? So we have an an idea where. We have some catching up to do. Long, you know, regular listeners know we're in a in a pit right now, in a bit of a, a funk that we're bouncing back from. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Trevor for helping us out last episode. Yeah. But we're gonna try to build up our inventory. I came up with this idea without telling you, and now I'm telling you. You came up with this idea on your own. No, no, no. The idea I'm about to share. Okay. Which is let's try not. Maybe we don't have to record a bunch of episodes. But maybe we just need to record tons of 20-minute increments. Okay. Like, oh, we feel like recording... That was your 20 idea. 20 minutes. And, like, in, but the pressure of being like, let's record for 90 minutes. What? Why is your seatbelt like that? What do you mean? If we got in a car accident, you would break your arm. My arm's inside of my seatbelt. In your lap strap. Yeah, it's more comfy. <laughs> okay. Um... I thought that you were going to say that the idea of recording an inventory before we have to take a hiatus was my idea. I was like... Yeah, it's my idea. Taking credit. Um, (laughs) Um, That's a good idea. Yeah, like, it's like when we can record full episodes, we should obviously do that. But, like... When we're cruising. It's it's kind of like, like, you know, like we're not daily vloggers or something. Yeah. But those people back in the 2010s who doing that would record for like a minute or two a couple minutes and string together like a bunch of small recording things Mm. from you know what i mean yeah so it's true we could also be doing more we we could be doing more of that solo too like each of us recording solo snippets when we have little thoughts you know what's funny is like you're in like 2016 and 17 literally on a daily basis i would record like 15 or 20 minute like like tape recorder me talking into my voice memos all the time like I just have a random idea and would just talk about it for like 20 minutes (laughs) and I never I like just deleted them all oh that's I never did anything with any of them I've done that too I've always been a heavy voice memos user and I as soon as you break the phone or lose the iPod it's gone that's so fucked up I think I just would I always would have the like I was always what's the word I'm looking for I always wanted to I would want to record like I would crave recording them and making them yeah but then I would be like what the hell could I ever do with just like a 15 minute what am I gonna do post like this this audio file on Facebook (laughs) like because I didn't really understand that like what it 
what it meant, what a podcast really truly was. Yeah. Yet. I didn't really get that. I learned about podcasting by listening to NPR because yeah. I had a car for like a year or two that only had a radio and radio music is horrible. Yeah. So I would just listen to NPR even though NPR is like horrible in its own ways sometimes. <laughs> you know? Like sometimes yeah. it sucks to listen. Anyway. But cool. Yeah, I used to very boring. <laughs> I used to cool. be really into um uh blank cassettes, like recording on actual tape recorders when I was a kid. Is I had it because one. Because you watched Twin Peaks. No, I'm talking about when I was a real kid, like a little kid. Oh. Um, I used to go to Walmart and buy blank cassette tapes, and I had this, like, it was literally a Little Tykes toy recorder that I used to use when I was, like, 10 or something that belonged to one of my siblings, but it had a record feature on it, so uh, I stole it. And that's a brand name I haven't heard in a million years. Little Tykes? Yeah. yeah. We don't have kids. <laughs> Do you think that still exists? It must, right? Um, that's a good question. I have no fucking clue. <laughs> Someone update us if you're a parent or yeah. have, like, Little Tykes in your life. But, um... Yeah, I used to record cassette tapes, and um, I used to spy on my mom and dad and, like, do little updates of, like, mom was in the bedroom on the phone today, blah, 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 and then, like, leave them for my mom, like, to listen to, and she used to pretend she listened to them, but I doubt that she did, because they were always, like, four hours long. <laughs> I don't think any of them survived the test of time, either. I think that people, like, I feel like my mom reacted like this to our podcast, where, like, I think people's loved ones don't fully know how to respond when they make a podcast because if you make like oh i made an album I, I made an ep and i worked on it for a year like your family's gonna listen to it to support you yeah. they're like oh we heard the music great job buddy and even you know what i mean or they'll at least pretend that they did yeah. a lot of the time but with a podcast they're like how do i i'm not gonna fucking listen to this <laughs> but how but i and i can't lie and say that i do because that would be like very unbe- an unbelievable lie. Yeah. So how do I deal with the fact that you're doing this thing that you may desire moral family support from <laughs> for, but it's just too fucking, like, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Do you think that if this was, like, getting, like, a million views and it was financially supporting us and it was the center of our lives, do you think that our families would listen then? Um, I don't know. I think that it depends on what we were covering and which particular family members you're talking about. That's true. Anyway, I don't fucking know. It's kind of a strange thought. Yeah. I mean, I don't really mind that we don't have millions of listeners also. I'm kind of good with that. I mean, I... I don't know that I want my family to listen to this, really. Yeah. It's kind of funny because doing this, it doesn't really ever feel like, it doesn't even really feel like we're recording anymore. Really? It feels like I'm just talking to you with you, I'm just with you in a different way. Yeah. It's just like a facet of us hanging out. It doesn't, like, it doesn't really feel like that. On the good days. On the good days, yeah. I feel like when, this is such a stupid analogy, it actually might even be like borderline offensive, but it's okay because I relate to it, but... I feel like it's kind of like body dysmorphia. Like, sometimes we'll be recording and I'm, like, very aware. Yeah. And it's, like, too aware. You know what I mean? It's like when you wake up one day and realize that you have skin. And you're like, what's my BMI? Oh, my God, yeah. I don't know, sorry. Trigger warning. That happens (laughs) to me when we're doing interviews. Where I'll suddenly become aware that we're interviewing a person. Mm. 
and there's a person next to us and we're recording with them and everything's like everything counts and is being recorded yeah and like it's I just, actually, like that happened to me when, there's been a few interviews recently where that happened where I just like it's like it's like waking up in a lucid dream <laughs> like you're like oh my god I'm in the I'm, yeah. I'm in an interview. Fuck. And like you're just looking at the person's like mouth move, but you don't know what they're saying. <laughs> and you're like trying I don't know. I actually find the interviews easier because the pressure is not on us at all. Like I like I get nervous about it, but then I'm like that person is in an interview. Like that's so scary for them. I'm chilling. Yeah. You know. <laughs> this is my show actually. I've been on other people's podcasts in my collected lifetime maybe 3 times. I think I maybe have been on three podcasts yeah. that don't even exist anymore. You couldn't even find these things if you tried. And I remember each time that I did, well, actually one of them you could find, but each time I did, I was like, I was just, the second it was over, I was like, I am the world's biggest fucking moron. <laughs> like, I'm so stupid. And I just butchered that. Oh. Yeah. It's like, I've also appeared on public access TV three or four times, and those are even worse. Yeah. That's even more horrible. Yeah. It's not even the public access TV's fault. It's like, I don't know. It's kind of like if you, like, mix, like, like I don't know, like, bleach and ammonia, you, like, act like you can die or something. It's like, that's <laughs> me with that stuff. You're just the ammonia? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Is that true? If you mix bleach? Yeah, it makes mustard gas. Oh, right, okay. That's why you're not supposed to clean out a litter box of bleach. Oh, because pa- cats have ammonia in their pee? Yeah. You oh. could, like, literally kill yourself by doing that. Can you fucking imagine? It's like in train spotting when the guy died from cat pee, cat shit in his house. Oh, my God. That movie is so fucking... Spoilers for that 20-year-old movie. I love that movie, though. I do. Why um, do you think you liked it? I liked it because... I think part of it is because it's nostalgic. Because the first time I watched it... I must have been in high school because there's a friend that I had at the time that looked just like that guy who died in the movie. Yeah. And I was probably, like, 17 last time I saw that kid. So I think it hit at a time where I was, like, really craving, like, rawness. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, when you're, like, 16. Maybe this is, like, also escalated by being homeschooled in a suburb. I, like, really wanted grit. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. And I think, too, there's, like, this, like, like innate, like, anger in all young people yeah. to believe that everything is fake. Yeah. Like, everyone's a fraud and a phony. Like, you just think that when you're a kid. Yeah. No matter what, so... All I knew about her- train spotting before I watched it was I had a friend that did heroin that loved that movie. Damn. And he would always be like, dude, you gotta watch that. It's about heroin. <laughs> I love heroin. <laughs> Damn. And I didn't do heroin, so I thought that maybe I wouldn't like it. <laughs> made specifically for that demographic <laughs> i mean it kind of is it's it's definitely not a pro drug movie like you don't walk away from it being like i should do drugs or something yeah or drugs are good but it definitely makes it look fun right it's like a it definitely romanticizes it not the ending not the ending right but i think it, it it's... romanticizes it in the way that crime movies romanticize crime yeah but they i think die in the end but it's cool But I don't know if that's really romanticizing it Because I think what it's supposed to be Is that you get pulled in By the main character who's interested in it And then you go on the journey with them Of realizing that they can't do this anymore But you still feel like You would like to make that mistake too 
in the wrong kind of way. Like, when I would read drug books when I was, like, a young teen before, like, when I was trying drugs and stuff. Yeah. I would read them and be like, that was awesome. I want to do that. Huh. Yeah. Maybe that's, um, like, it's kind of like how people watch Fight Club and they miss, and they're like, I want to be in a Fight Club. So, I... I've never seen Fight Club, honestly. You've never seen Fight Club? I really haven't. Oh. I, I liked that movie when I was in high school, too. I'm one of those people that haven't seen it and... Now I begrudging. Now I'm like holding on to the fact that I haven't seen it, and I'm like I'm not watching it. Like I'm like holding my breath. <laughs> I would like to. Re- what if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Do you watch Flight Club as an adult? Because something that I remember thinking about it, I don't really remember most of the movie, but what I do remember from when I watched it was that I was really resentful of the fact that it has such a reputation of being like a man's movie because I resonated with it as a teenage girl and I thought it was interesting. But maybe that was just like some internalized misogyny, like I'm not like other girls shit that I was on because that could have been a thing. Well, it's famously known as a, 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 it's a famously misinterpreted movie. Yeah. Like it, you're like, it's not like men aren't supposed to watch it and be pumped up and be like, I want to fuck my life up. (laughs) I'm just like those guys. Like you're not supposed to do that. Mm. Like it's kind of, it's kind of interesting because there's like, we were talking about this last night with Noah actually, but just the the genre of movies that are just famously misinterpreted men's movies. Yeah. Like the matrix clockwork, orange fight club, uh, what's the other one? American Psycho now for some reason. There's a lot of like like TikTok hype for Patrick Bateman. Is yeah. that his name or is that Mo- Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I, I, that, I think so. I thought that was the Motel movie for some Anyway. Um, the Shining? No, what's that fucking movie? Patrick Bateman is Bates, American. So, I was thinking of, I mixed up Bates Motel. Oh, wait. Whatever that is. I, I completely fucking forget the name of that movie. The movie where the guy like killing him. And the lady dying in the shower. Psycho? Psycho, right. Anyway, oh, that's actually so funny. American. I wonder if American Psycho Patrick Bateman is an homage to Bates, to Psycho, based on the Bates Motel. Uh, that sounds like something that might be true. We should look that up later. Anyway, whatever. (laughs) But that's a world of movies, just movies that, like, badass cool dudes watch and then misinterpret massively. And uh, misapply the message entirely. Yeah. I saw a TikTok that was this film critic guy talking about that phenomenon. And he was actually, he made this point that he believes that that happens because of a flaw in, in the writing rather than the interpretation, which I thought was kind of interesting. What is that flaw? The guy was saying that 
there's a tendency for people who write movies like that to make the guy who is the the avatar of the moral essentially too cool and fun and likable interesting where it's like when the guy that you're supposed to like wolf of wall street like you're supposed to the movie's about this guy who's a total fucking piece of shit and gets away with murder for like 15 fucking years or something yeah and then he eats shit and goes to prison yeah because he's a piece of shit but you don't get that from that movie at all yeah no you watch it and you're like that was fucking awesome i'm gonna do that maybe i couldn't even finish that movie well i'm i guess men like men misinterpreting it would watch it yeah and feel that way not pregnant yeah yeah. Kind of literally like the Barbie movie in a way. I was where, thinking that. I wonder Ken how that's like, going to be remembered. Yeah, well, well, where Ken goes into the real world and he's like, oh, I love this. Yeah. I love badass dudes and horses. Have you noticed that since that movie came out and as more people have been seeing it, it's being viewed more like widely as the Ken movie? Like people care more about that plot than Barbie, it feels. In the uh, ripple effect after the it, original it release. It definitely had like the... I guess spoiler alert for the Barbie movie if you haven't seen it fuck off but um uh yeah I guess it 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 definitely Ryan Gosling definitely stole the show yeah whatever but also the plot the kind of Ken like it was funny like primordial man like like becoming like awakening and realizing he's sentient basically yeah like that was kind of an, like an unexpected thing that they wrote in yeah like I didn't think that was going to happen at all yeah so I think that caught a lot of people by surprise but I think a lot of people didn't expect the Barbie movie to make an to make a point about men's role in feminism yeah that was unexpected as well that was cool honestly it was cool I didn't I mean I've heard people say things like that for years like be like hey this is how patriarchy harms regular guys yeah like your life actually is fucked up because of patriarchy in a lot of ways yeah and like you know but that's like i don't maybe that's maybe that was more unexpected of them to say than the points that everyone expected them to say that was the stupidest fucking sentence i've ever said (laughs) no it's okay nice good job me yeah, I don't know. It was it was interesting. I feel like something that's more interesting sometimes than the actual content of a film is the way that people receive it. Absolutely. Yeah, that is definitely the most interesting part, honestly. Yeah. <sighs> beep, beep, boop, bop. Beep, I just, like, bop. my brain just, like, clocked out of this topic. I'm sorry. Yeah, fuck it. Fuck like, that. in the middle of talking about it, I was like, oh, uh, no, I, I could sense your fatigue. It's okay. <laughs> it you wasn't know, you. It was do, me. Do you know how Joel and Matt at Black Market Therapy edit their podcast? Oh. Shout out to Black Market Therapy. Shouts um, out. They seem to have long conversations. Yeah. Where they'll have like a very really good segment for 15 or 20 minutes. And then they chop, they isolate it. And, can, and then like join it with another cool segment they recorded at a different time oh where they'll be like oh and that's so cool and then nice music will play and then it'll transition into some other time they were talking about some other topic or perhaps something related so you can just chop the fatigue right out 
they, they probably chopped the fatigue right out. I can't, I, I, I don't know what happens in between those takes, obviously. Maybe they're having equally interesting conversations, but yeah. they seem to just be like, yeah, that part was boring. I'll cut that out. And <laughs> they like put it with a cool part. I respect that. I've heard that in a few of their episodes and it sounds very nice when they do that. I don't even know of any other podcasts that do that. I can't really think of any. Really? Segmented like that? Yeah. Well, segmented, but like, for example, This American Life or any podcast that comes out of that world is like heavily segmented. Yeah. But those are also very pre-planned. Oh, I see what you mean. Like those are created, like they probably storyboard those before they even interview and shit. Versus stitching together in a segmented way, natural conversation. Yeah, which is what which is what Joel and Matt do. That's kind of cool. We could learn something from that. We, like, that, I think, is, like... Like, for example, you're probably familiar with the comedian Bill Burr. Mm-hmm. He, his podcast is uh, made in the weirdest way ever, essentially, where he's alone, like, in his house or something, yeah. or in his car, recording with a mic that he's just holding for like over an hour. Wow. Like weird. he's just literally sitting there talking to himself. Be and it's funny as fuck too. Like he's really fucking funny. <laughs> There's only a handful of people that have podcasts like that. Another comedian that does that is a guy named Tim Dillon. That's a tough uh, format to have. It's very very hard, but it could be considered like the like the most difficult podcasting method. Yeah, you gotta be, like, immune to self-hatred. You should try that sometime, Theo. You'd probably, like... Self-podcasting? Well, imagine if you recorded... Like, you should... I don't know. It might be a fun exercise, even if you never put it anywhere. Just recording for fucking, like, an hour. Mm. I don't know. Anyway. I mean, I do stuff like that. Well, if you do that, we should... I don't release it, but I do. We could if you wanted to. That'd be interesting. Anyway... Do you want to shelf this? Are you done? No. I just thought... I, I was... I was Sorry, I was just asking. I thought you Oh, no, it's be. okay. Oh, okay, yeah, cool. No, I'm good. Thank you, though. I appreciate you. Um, I do out. that for journaling, actually. Mm. Like, it's all personal life stuff, so it's not stuff that I put publicly, but I do, in my car a lot, record for, like, a half an hour or 45 minutes. Yeah. Because I find that it's... Um, I don't know. I, I also keep journals. I've kept written journals since I was like 10 years old, but I'm really bad at keeping them up to date. And sometimes I am in my car or I'm somewhere that I'm not able to actually just sit down and write, but I have a feeling that I want to document. And I find that it's more poignant later for me to go back and listen to my actual voice and like me talking about something or crying about something or whatever while I was feeling it than it is to write it down later to just to catch up on my notes. Like, my journals have become more of, like, a captain's log than, like, an in-the-moment processing tool. I like that. That's a good metaphor. Yeah. I only update them, like, twice a month. What is that called? They call that in Lost, the black box of the plane. Yeah. Like, the black box. Yeah, that's, like, your black box. I mean, I only do the audio journals, like, twice a month, too, to be honest. But That's actually sick. Really? Just a cool way of thinking about it. It's, it's not on purpose. It's just what it's come to be, but it is kind of nice. Because sometimes something will happen that I won't even remember, and then I'll go through my voice notes, because also none of them are labeled. It's all like, new memo, 99, blah, blah, blah. And I'll look at it, and I'm like, oh, what's this? Is this a podcast episode? And I'm just like, <laughs> like oh, in my no. car. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what was I even talking about? Jeez. It's okay. I cry over everything, so it's usually nothing major. 
You know what I've, like, always, like, I've thought about doing this, but I always have this idea too late. But I've always wanted to go back to, like, correspond trans correspondence and old message and chats or email threads. Yeah. Or something, like, and just print the whole entire transcript. Yeah. And just reread it. Like, I thought about doing that. Like, there was an old group chat that I was in with an old group of friends that you know shit went south or like there was a lot of hard conversations and drama Mm. in the group chat and i wanted to go back and revisit those transcript and chat logs and like think about everything that was said yeah or like printed or something but i was literally removed from the group chat and can't access it anymore really yeah and i never even knew i was removed from it because the activity slowed down and i didn't check it for a long like a year and i went to check it again and I was just like, it just like doesn't exist for some reason. Oh, that might mean that the chat got deleted, or like someone, the host of the chat, deleted their account or something. Really convenient. Why would you get removed from a dead group chat? Uh, uh, probably vindictive, evil behavior. Perhaps. That's fucking dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Uh, just like knife twisting, perhaps. <laughs> perhaps. Uh, yeah. God. What the fuck? I remember being in high school and thinking, like, when I'm older, people aren't going to be as fucking stupid. Like, we're not going to have fights over group text. You guys are so fucking immature. I'm turning my phone off. And now I'm, like, 26, and you guys are all dumb as shit. Still. <laughs> you know, fuck when, everybody. When I was 16, my friend group, we all used to go to AA meetings together because of recovery school. Mm-hmm. And I remember we all had this realization together, and it was a really funny moment. But we used to be like, man, like... I can't believe... We're all so stupid and the adults are all so smart. Blah, blah, blah. But in AA, we would be around... <laughs> regularly around... Middle-aged adults and senior citizens or, like, anybody... that Like, people 30 to 40 years older than us... Yeah. That, like, probably couldn't even read. Like, yeah. people that were, like, stupider than anybody I've ever met. Not saying that people, like, in AA are all stupid or something. But, like, it was such a strange realization to like to notice like wow that age has nothing to do with it (laughs) wow i know so many adults that are like 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 medieval peasants (laughs) yeah like they're like 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 a farmer from like italy in year one was smarter than this guy yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) my mom when i was growing up i don't know if this is like I'm just going to put this out there neutrally. <laughs> when I was growing up, she used to say things to me. Um, like, she would say to me and my siblings um, that she homeschooled us because she is pretty intelligent. And she thinks that her and my dad are intelligent. And therefore, her kids would be. And the three of us are intelligent. And that we need to know as intelligent people that most people in life will disappoint us. Which really fucked me up at the time. <laughs> it led to, led to a little bit of an ego complex and then a crash of identity. But it was interesting advice. <laughs> Wait, was it you're intelligent so people will disappoint you or intelligent people will disappoint you? Uh, the first, but oh. both, I guess. Like, we're very we're very smart, so people will let you down. Like, you're going to expect other people to be operating at the same level as you are and they're not going to. I mean, I think the wording is kind of funny, but I think, <laughs> I think that the lesson is a little actually kind of true because, I mean, have you heard that there's like that people think people say like expectations are just like uh fuck what is it uh future resentments 
Yeah. Expectations your future. So when you put, I guess it's true that if you do go through life expecting people to operate at the same fucking, to believe what you believe and do it, do what you do, like are that type of thing. Yeah. You you definitely will be disappointed and with people. I think that something else that I learned later in life too. This isn't necessarily in contradiction to anything that my mom ever taught me, but this is just something that I... Like, I probably... I may have interpreted what she was saying differently than she intended it anyway. But my growth from that perspective to later was that I don't really feel like intelligence matters as much as a lot of other characteristics. Like, it really just fucking doesn't. Also, intelligence is a massive ambient spectrum. That's true, too. Like, it depends what you're even talking about. It is like a four-dimensional like blurry like thing to like that is not that you know i don't know i think if you're genuinely kind you're miles ahead of a lot of people like if you really want to do good by what you feel that your morals are and you're reliable in that it matters way more than if you're book smart you could say that the capacity for kindness and empathy is a form of intelligence emotional intelligence right so yeah. I don't know. Like, I mean, how many people have you met in your life that are, like, as smart or as studied as, like, doctors, but they're just literally the shittiest asshole fucking people on a earth? A lot of fucking people. A lot of people, right. Yeah. I've met people that are highly intelligent on paper that are fucking scum. So. Yeah. It's so funny, too, because it's funny, though, because, like, when you say, like, Intelligence is four-dimensional. That is so true, and I agree with Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That, but when you're talking about somebody and you say that person's fucking dumb, like, you know what you mean. <laughs> it's also a scathing thing. Like, you you would never call somebody, like, dumb in just a static way. Like That oh, person's emotionally like, unintelligent. Like, they did nothing wrong. They're not, they're just completely, they've no transgressions. You wouldn't be like, that person's stupid. Maybe you would, but I'm saying more often than not, you're calling someone stupid because they've done something they should be ashamed of or that offended or hurt people. That's true. Like, they're a fucking idiot and well, all right. they did this stupid-ass shit. I, there's, I feel like there's also context, though, where maybe this is usually in reference to, like, a young person or something, but there's also a certain kind of intelligence that's just common sense. And someone who hasn't harmed anybody that really means well can be dumb. Yeah. Like, just getting in your own way. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, <laughs> it's completely fine, but you are dumb. Interesting. Yeah, I guess... That's not a crime, though. But how do you... But you wouldn't literally call that person dumb because that would be fucked up. Well, yeah. Not... Yeah. So how would you refer to somebody 
not doing anything wrong, but they're a dumbass and they keep messing their life up. Probably a dumbass. <laughs> You'd probably be like, they're doing their best. Well, are you talking to them? Like, are you vocally talking to other people about it, putting it out into the air? This is what I think of this person, or is this your own internal idea? Yeah. Like, they're a dumbass, probably. Right. If it's your own <laughs> private thoughts, you can just say it, say it how you think. But it. you wouldn't say that person's stupid. You're, are you saying that there's a different nuance, different nuance between dumbass and stupid? Like, I don't know what I'm saying. Maybe. Because uh, <laughs> I suppose there is. I don't know. Stupid is like if you say like, like I feel like. <laughs> saying someone's stupid like you're making a judgment about them but if you said you're a dumbass like it's kind of like you just did something stupid like you can do better than this like I almost rank stupid saying stupid as being more of a, a damning like like you are condemning somebody yeah but saying they're a dumbass you're like dude you're being a fucking dumbass that's true cause an intelligent person can be a dumbass like, you can do yeah. dumbass shit as yeah. a completely competent person. This is, like, such a... <laughs> this started out as, like, a really productive and <laughs> fair and nuanced point. But now it's just not <laughs> Oh, man. Because, <laughs> um, like, there's no way that our interpretation of dumbass and stupid is, like... The, universal? Yeah, this is just the most non-universal point ever. <laughs> What's the opposite of universal? Um, Just individual? I guess so, yeah. Huh. That's highly specific, though. Maybe regional would be a little bit less. That's geographic. Yeah, if we're... Yeah, if it depends what you're breaking it down by. If you want to split hairs further on another topic. Yeah. I have thoughts on this, too. Hmm. How you doing? Oh, I'm good. Okay. I had a thought years ago where I was trying to... Actually, uh, I was trying to decide, is there a way to, to decide that stealing is universally wrong? Like, because like... No. You, you just say, yes, okay, stealing is wrong or something. But then you kind of, when you extrapolate out, you're like, what if it's a starving person? Yeah. Or what if... You ever seen Les Miserables? Yeah, right. I guess this isn't that interesting. Aladdin? Yeah, this is... No. Didn't he also steal a loaf of bread? I'm sure he did. I think Wasn't that was Aladdin's the beginning whole of the thing that he was a thief. It's kind of like the guy. Aladdin is kind of like the guy from Tangled. Wow, you know what's kind of funny? Tangled is just inverted Aladdin. Rapunzel. Tangled. No, no, no. Not Rapunzel, the fairy tale, but Tangled, the uh, the Disney version. The the. The Pixar version? Yes, uh, one interpretation of Rapunzel. I haven't seen Tangled very recently, honestly. Well, Tangled is like if Aladdin was retold from the perspective of the princess from Aladdin, who I don't know, remember the name of. Uh, Jasmine? Jasmine, right, yeah. Interesting. Well, that's a very uninteresting point, isn't it? It's actually not interesting at all. It? <laughs> it would be interesting if I'd seen it recently. How about we watch Tangled? I'll watch Tangled with you with Reed this week. I and watched we can it get into the it. other day. He, Reed did not care for Tangled really at all. <laughs> you watched Tangled while Reed was in the room. So, you know what the thing is? Is like you, you would think like, oh, a baby doesn't have a favorite movie. They don't even know, like, they, don't, they can't even talk. How do they have a favorite movie? But he, like, well, oh, you fucking dumb piece of shit, dude. Um, 
we're good. Some dude just, anyway, it's not worth explaining what just happened. Um, <laughs> just somebody doing a dangerous, illegal maneuver at my, at, uh, at my dispense. Uh, is that the Expense? Right? Expense. At my dispense. At my expense. <laughs> they disposed of me. Um. I like when you, like, punish beep. I like people to know that they're a fucking idiot. <laughs> like, the, the transgression is already completed. Like, they're already in the other lane already, but you're like, fuck you, just so you know, you're a piece of shit. I have a, you're a dumbass vocabulary of beep, beep, like, phrases. Am Would you I call be- that person stupid or a dumbass? Um... Uh, it's dumbass behavior because I would do it. <laughs> like in an, in like a in like a very serious like like if you're in a situation where it's like I'm fucked if I'm late. <laughs> like I am fucked. Like I don't know if it's a job interview, baby being born, whatever it is. There are some situations where the rules are off the table. Like it's like <laughs> you know, take an exit from the left lane going 60 situation like there are very few situations where that behavior is warranted. Yeah. But they're out there. <laughs> they are out there. Job interview, baby being born. Well, job interview, actually, no. You shouldn't risk your life and other people's for a job interview. <laughs> You're an asshole if you do that. But <laughs> maybe, like, maybe you're being chased by assassins. Yeah, that's a good reason. Yeah. Um, what were you saying before that? Uh, oh, Tangled. I was Favorite just talking movie. about Reed where, so he's, how old is he? Nine, he's nine months or 10 months. I forget. I don't think he's 10 months yet, but he will be soon. Yeah. He's just, he's almost 10 months, but so he doesn't pay attention to any movie except for Encanto. <laughs> like when you put on Encanto, he's literally, he's actually watching it. That's cute. For like 15 minutes or so. He'll, he checks out after that. Yeah. But you put on anything else and he's like bored. Oh. Like he's trying to do other stuff. <laughs> That's so cute. I always thought like it's funny because I am a person who has this is the first baby I have ever had to interact with in my adult life. Had to. Well, just in gen. I don't know. I'm not saying I have to. Oh no. I'm saying like I've just never, never known a little guy. I've never known a baby. I don't have any. Uh, the only babies I knew were when I was a child or something. Yeah. But you you think, like, when they're like, oh, like, people tell you, like, like, my mom says that when I was a little kid, I wanted to watch Wizard of Oz. Me too. All the time. That I was my it. favorite movie. Oh, yeah. I, apparently, I used to call it Boz. <laughs> I wanted to watch Boz. Oh. When I was a little kid, I was talking by the time I was a year old, I guess. So when I was like a year and a half, my family talks about this all the time because I would talk nonstop about the Wizard of Oz and just tell everybody the entire story from start to finish. I love that. Yeah. That's so cute. Um, now little kids walk around and they're like, my favorite YouTuber, Mr. Beast, did this, took a giant <laughs> hole and drove a train into it. You have to listen to the kid talk about Mr. Beast for 20 minutes. <laughs> anyway, but like you think that when people say that to you, it's like, yeah, sure, my favorite movie was Wizard of Oz. Meaning you just put on Wizard of Oz all the time and I looked at it. Yeah. But, like, I guess I just didn't think that babies actually had the capacity for that. Yeah. Like, it's like people are like, oh, an infant is, a, is as smart as a smart animal. He's but, smarter. But he's way smarter. Yeah. Like, he fucking, like, he really, like, I don't know. Like, if an animal was as smart as an infant... You would think that the animal is, like, possessed <laughs> by the spirit of a human. Yeah. You'd be like, holy fuck, we need to kill this animal. 
He's this a, thing's crazy. Why would that be your instinct? Well, I'm saying, like, can you imagine if Milo could go in the fucking fridge and, like, take something? <laughs> You'd be like, oh my, I need to put him in a cage. Or if he could, like, I don't know. He used like, to if be he smarter. could steal your phone and take, like, take videos. I don't know, and like put it somewhere, hide it, <laughs> take it, and like put it in the toilet or something. He used to know how to open doors and tuck himself into bed. Now he can't do that. I swear yeah. to God that happened. The thing with the door thing, though, is the house that he could open doors in, weren't those doors flat handle doors? Um, or some of them were? Some of them were, and um, some of them were just not really strong on their hinges. Yeah, there were some janky doors that he knew that he could buck. But, like, just but the way that he them. would do it, he would hang on the knob, like put his paws around the top of it, so he was like dangling by his little feet, and his feet weren't touching the ground, and he just kick like bunny rabbit kick until it swung open. Like that's still pretty fucking advanced. Is it possible that when I met Milo and like you were living at that place that you were living at? Yeah. Is it possible that he was in like the last years of kittenhood? Yeah, he was. So he was like ambitious and doing mischief. But yeah. now he's more of a grump. He's more leveled out. He's an adult cat now. Yeah. So he's like kind of just, he's like, doesn't, he's like, you know, well, he is kind of, he's still a pain in the ass. Like if you close a door, it doesn't matter what door it is or what's in it or what he wants. He's upset that the door is closed. <laughs> so he needs you to open it and then you let him out. And then he's like, nope, I didn't want to go out and be closed out. I just wanted the option. I wanted you to open it so that I could come in and out. He also, the thing about him that I feel like is so frustrating is he definitely has unlearned some things because he used to know he could open and close doors. If a door was like slightly above the ground, he would put his paw under it and swing it open and close. Like he'd hold it with his foot. I have videos of him doing that. And now he'll sit in front of a door that's cracked and like yell at me through the crack. Like he can't figure out he can push it. I don't know if he just likes that I do it or if he, I don't know what it is. Power trip. (laughs) He's just like, I want to watch you do it. Or last night fucking door. Last night when he scared the shit out of you for no reason Well, no, I was scared And I was in a very heightened stage <laughs> so We watched we, a scary ass Fucking movie and it fucked my whole night up We went to see a horror movie We went to see Talk to Me, it was really fucking good Scared the fucking shit out of me So scary I then, usually, yeah. It I, really scared you, it scared you more than me to be honest. Horror movies are usually, I appreciate them And I'm like, oh that was a creative story And it was cool but it was kind of stupid or like, you know, it's kind of got a, le- a little bit of goofiness. Yeah. Un- uh, like undertones. Like, or where I'll just think it's kind of stupid. But this one was just fucked up. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't fucked up in the way like, like, there are movies that aren't scary, but they're just shocking. Yeah. Like, there's a movie called The Sacrament that's like that, that's about the Jonestown Massacre. Oh. Not scary, it's just disturbing and makes you feel horrible. Yeah. Like, it's not, it's a horror movie, but it's like didn't it didn't achieve like i feel like horror as a genre is a is it is like a distant cousin of fantasy yeah where there is a kind of there i feel like there i feel like good horror has like just a just a just some some note of mist of mysticism yeah in it i like that like when something's just like about like oh there's a freak, horrible, terrible person that's killing people and doing fucked up stuff. Yeah. That's more psychological thriller suspense to me. Yeah. Like, I like... I don't Those know. ones make you feel fucking terrible, too. Yeah, they just make you feel like you just, like... Like the Dahmer miniseries? Yeah, like you just watched, like, a murder video on Live Leak or something. Yeah. 
you know, like, that's not, I feel like it's like, I'm almost judging, I'm being judgmental, but there's almost a part of me that thinks that type of movie is a little bit lesser than, like, a good creative horror movie. I kind of agree with that. You know? I'm in it for the ghosts. I really like um, aquatic horror, too. That shit's scary. Ocean horror. I don't know why. That's just, like, one of my interests recently. Yeah. It has been for a while. I think I've talked about it on the podcast. You but, know, like, the last year and a half, I've been, like, really obsessed with ocean horror. We've been seeing it more and more, because you, you would think, like, oh, the submersible thing happened, a bunch of guys got squished in a fucking pod, so that's why. But you were, like, talking about it and thinking about it for months before that happened. Yeah. You know what started it? I used to, at my old job, I used to have multiple days where it was one of those jobs where sometimes it was really busy and sometimes it was insanely slow for like eight hours and you were just on a computer and you were only allowed to be on like Wikipedia and like the browser. So I would do on Wikipedia rabbit holes for like hours at a time alone at this job. And um, I found this master post of Wikipedia pages that were just like easy rabbit holes. And one of them was a list of like unexplained deaths and I went down that for a while and then it brought me to like people lost at sea and there's a master post on Wikipedia of the full detailed stories of every documented time in history that someone has been lost at sea and found again and then some that hadn't been found there were separate lists so I was like going down that for a really long time and reading about disappearances and the Bermuda Triangle and like missing ships I was on ghost ships for a long time it's fucking scary dude it's really scary I feel like it's like it's kind of like reading about space but it's more like i know that space is technically much more ancient than the sea but there's something very resonant and ancient feeling about like a ship made from a tree from like six thousand years ago and like somebody like a viking sailing on the water or like cthulhu that like the ways that we access space are inherently tied to futuristic technology that sci-fi cannot ever not be like i feel like most sci-fi doesn't feel it feels futuristic even though it's exploring an ancient space where ocean lore is very well like i i kind of feel like though ancient lore or very old time lore and mysticism about the ocean yeah kind of really does parallel sci-fi mysticism about space because there was a time where like it's a very very new notion in human history that you can get in a metal fucking like like pill-shaped vessel and go step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family vgw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus thousands of feet below or something yeah like that only started existing in like I think the first submarine was technically during the Civil War, but submarines as we know them today were, like, in the 30s and 40s. Yeah. You know what I mean? So not honestly far behind um, space travel. Meanwhile... In the scheme of things. The first sailors were, like, ancient Polynesians. Yeah. Like, fucking in wooden fucking boats going across, like, the fucking south fucking Atlantic... I don't fucking know, but, like... Like, that's fucking crazy how old boat travel is, but... 
and how little we understand still about the ocean like people talk about that all the time but it's like i don't know i think that it's one of the only realms of the planet that like we know that there's mythologies about things like dragons or like fucking like land and sky creatures that were like we know for a fact that this doesn't exist anymore like we can point to maybe ancient creatures that could have been the inspiration for this or like different events that happened that could have been the inspiration for it or different religions and mythologies and the reason people were saying this shit was happening but we know for a fucking fact like there's no dragon that's gonna pop out of the mountains in like some random place right now you're not gonna right. find like bigfoot in ohio but there's mythologies that we don't know the roots of that center around the ocean and we just literally find new ocean creatures routinely because we have not explored all of it which this isn't to say that mermaids are real, but it's possible. Yeah, hold on a second. Have a good day. Um, but I guess what I was saying is like, fuck, like, people, like, is, is it possible that conspiracy in myth and people creating these wacky, crazy notions and stories about something, the, like, the enemy of that is like scientific truth? Yeah. Like learning something for real. Like, okay, we know this is like a fact. Like mm. they're like anyway, but like like people we have like infinitely more knowledge about the ocean than somebody in the seventeen hundreds. Yeah. And the seventeen hundreds and beyond is when things like the Loch Ness monster came about or Cth- well not Cthulhu, but like, you know, sea monsters or whatever. Like and now we know, even though there are some very strange, bizarre things in the depths of the ocean, we know that there isn't mermaids and, like, uh, Poseidon and whales with sharp teeth. I don't know. But we think, but we do think those things about space. Hmm. Do you see, do you see the weird, like, reach parallel I'm making? I guess so, but I feel like I was making the opposite point. I mean, I know mermaids aren't real. It's not what I'm saying. I know you don't, but I'm saying people of the past did think that. I know, but I feel like... I still feel like the ocean is still more interesting. Because I think the creatures that we are finding are like medieval fucking drawings like the things that we are discovering like frequently in the ocean that do for real exist are just kind of perpetuating the same kind of awe like it's not like we went down there and just found like pigeons like (laughs) there's wild ass shit down there but i'm saying like you we're not you're not expecting in your wildest dreams for there to be some fully sentient speaking being in the ocean yeah but people do think that that may happen soon in space yeah i don't know i i i I do i do agree with you that like we do agree in the on the point that the the ocean is filled with things beyond our comprehension probably like there's probably things down there that could be that may be discovered that are just totally fucked yeah you know but they're you know I don't know. That that we agree on. I agree. I also think, too, that there is a bias towards, like, human centrism, where... uh, There's a word for that. I forget what it is, but... Something being human-centric? Yeah. Like, factoring humans too much into the theory? Yeah, because there are creatures from the ocean, even just in the ones that we understand, which I think... uh, Isn't it like we've only discovered and actually explored, like, 30% of ocean life? I don't know how they would know that if they don't have the total metric, but... Anyway, um... Like, for example, I know people say this all the time, but dolphins, like, have a lot of characteristics of 
actual like society building they have ways of interacting they grieve they attack each other yeah they've been known to like assault and attack humans like they whales like evidence of whales sinking yachts in areas where they're over like um sailing in those areas and affecting whale population like i think that there's if they were to discover an alien species in space it's not going to be a species that's going to speak english and understand our politics it's going to be something completely separate from earth which is the case in the ocean as well but i think that there is a sort of hierarchy that humans put on other creatures where like we assume that they're not intelligent because they're not intelligent in the ways that we are yeah and you can see that in all of human history like through colonialism where colonizers show up at some fucking random new place and feel like the people aren't immediately conforming to and understanding the colonial traits and practices and see them as lesser or inferior in some way in the same way that maybe we would see other species as like they're they don't have the same capacity for language so they're like you could just shoot them and it doesn't matter yeah i feel like avatar made an argument like that where it was like well i i feel like i accidentally just also made a point where i was comparing people to how we treat animals and i didn't mean to so i'm not i'm not saying that people whatever i know what you mean though I, i feel like that was just kind of maybe an unfortunate comparison but well i mean i think it was a little unfortunate. I didn't. <laughs> I know. I know what you mean, though. <laughs> like, I think that that really egotistical, like, centrist perspective—or not centrist, but like self-centering perspective—is like, I don't know. At risk of sounding very like out there, I don't think that any one species really has right to live more than any other species, and people really push that on each other and on animals. But what I guess I'm going to say is it's much easier to imagine that there's going to be some magical like green little man coming from the sky that we've never seen before that's going to be just like us than it is to look at a creature that we know exists, that we know has like an actual culture that we can't understand as we can't speak the same language as them, but they can speak a language amongst each other and we do not choose to learn it and we are killing them. And there's nothing more to explore because it's not interesting just because they don't look like us or act like us. Like, those exist on our planet. We've known about them for a long time. Even the fact, like, me and you went to the Arnold Arboretum in JP yesterday, and we were looking at this fucking caterpillar, like, shit they had. They had, like, a caterpillar exhibit. Yeah. Where they were just showing different plants that are in our environment. Literally in Massachusetts. And the types of, like, crazy fucking caterpillars that live on them. I've never seen any of them in my life. Never even fucking knew they existed. A couple of them. But to be fair, they were showing some that are endangered and are rare to see. They just have them because they're like scientists or something. Yeah. So. But a lot of them weren't. A lot of them were like, they're apparently around all the time. They're just camouflaged. I but, had never noticed them before. But, then, but you think about the fact that like, you know, like a motherfucker buys some old farm somewhere in Bridgewater and just levels the place, builds a road and starts selling fucking like prefab turnkey houses yeah. and like you people are like oh think of all the old trees that died like or like oh the home for deers and coyotes are gone but like can you imagine like the millions of fucking like rare caterpillars and shit yeah and insects that were just like obliterated by like some guy named dale's excavator yeah i don't know i mean i feel like it's kind of a cliche 
thing to be mad at people building houses where there was once woods. But it kind of... It, it is something that has made me sad without fail for my entire life. Yeah. Is seeing, like, some stretch of trees get eliminated. That's why, like... I mean, I think space is interesting and shit, but, like, I honestly could give a fuck. Like, it's scary, it's dark, it's mostly empty, and I don't want to go there. But the... And the ocean is also scary as shit. I don't think I'd even want to be on a boat where I couldn't see the coast. We did that one time for a whale watch, and it was fucking so scary. It was pretty spooky, yeah. It was fun, but it was terrifying. See, I'm pro-space in the same way that... Like, I think that we just need to... Uh, give the appropriate amount of attention that space deserves. Mm. Like, like, for, like, if we funded space the exact same way that America hosts, I mean, funds our, um, you know, military-industrial complex, mm. that would be absolutely obscene. Like, that would yeah. be fucking ridiculous if we put that much money into space travel. Which we might. I don't. We actually might put a similar amount of money. In the same way that it's absolutely obscene that we put that money into the military instead of, like, our country. Or, like, climate change prevention. Right, but... Climate activism. Like, I think that, like, there's, like... I don't know. And, I mean, our government kind of maybe does fund space exploration and science adequately. Like, NASA is, like, fine. I think it's really just, like, pop science Elon Musk uh, fan culture that gives space attention so much, like, supremacy and, and, like, common thought, you know? Like, people are just, like, freaking out and love Elon Musk, even though he's just some fucking idiot, dickhead, rich guy. But that's the thing about it, right? Like, it's not really about space. It's about tech. It's a dick measuring contest. It is. That's all that it is. It's about men. It's not about what we could find out there. Nobody gives a shit. Like, we have so much out here that we haven't discovered, like, on our fucking planet. Is it possible, though, that, like, like people interested in natural science and nature and stuff are out there doing their thing the way they're supposed to be, but it's just, like, online idiots that are Elon Musk fans that are freaking the fuck out about space, and that, like, also regular cool people that care about space just have, like, jobs at, like, different, you know? What's... I don't understand the question. I'm just saying that, like... I guess what I, I, if I could understand what you're saying better. Yeah. You're saying that people are like, like, fuck space. Like, why don't we pay more attention to Earth? Or, I mean, that's not exactly what you said, but like. Well, kind of. I mean, that, I do think that kind of, but I don't, it's not even fuck space necessarily, but it wasn't like trendy to be into space when we were talking about like Mars rover moon rocks. Like that is fucking really interesting and it cool. It was a bit nerdy. It was nerdy because yeah. the nerdy shit, which is the reason we're supposed to be exploring this stuff, is not why people care. People care because it's Elon Musk. Right. Because it's a race I, to the moon. But I guess the point I was making is that like maybe that is just Elon hype and that people who are actually invested in science and are working on that shit are, are doing it and like I'm just saying like maybe it is it's just hype and who who cares does that make sense do you understand what, maybe what I'm saying is I'm not yeah I mean I'm saying it is hype but we're saying the same thing yeah okay cool <laughs> gotcha I'm confused no I'm but just we agree I think I'm yeah like I think that when Elon Musk is like ruined or goes away in whatever way that happens if you know when if that does happen 
I perhaps that space tech hype will kind of go with them because it is kind of a weird like for example like I feel like a lot of different billionaires have their own creepy tech associated with them like do you know about do you know who Tony Robbins is uh, that sounds familiar. He's yeah. like a he's like an '80s version of a of like a billionaire celebrity, where he's like a whatever. He's a motivational speech billionaire guy. Okay. And, but what he's obsessed with and constantly talking about and writes books about is like freaky, like like cutting edge, uh, fringe neuro- neurological science, oh. like how to grow your brain or like how to take these like non-FDA approved pills that fucking cure brain cancer and get like he's like weird he's doing creepy brain stuff <laughs> you know and then there's like I don't know who it is I think maybe Peter Thiel or like some other weird person like that like is like obsessed with like blood science or something and like making yourself live longer by putting different blood in you you know what, what I mean like they all Medieval have shit. fucking weird shit each one of them has their own creepy science that they're obsessed with. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's fucking... They're all fucked up. Yeah. Rich people are just fucked up. Because they have no fucking barriers or limitations and absolutely nothing stopping them from doing anything. So they just do twisted shit. Yeah. You know? They're just a bunch of, like... Yeah. They're just twisted. They're, like, probably, like probably billionaires out there like just torturing animals and nobody knows i mean i feel like there's billionaires out there that are publicly torturing animals too <laughs> i don't know fuck <laughs> you really want to split hairs fuck them how long have we been recording um an hour this is only supposed to be 20 minutes you want to call it we're almost there right uh yeah i've been just doing circles around our destination oh, okay so we could call it right now maybe i should uh yeah well, fuck it we'll we'll talk but um you want to... I don't know. Should we wrap this up? Or do you have any... Okay. What? All right. Uh, thank you guys for listening. I don't know what we talked about or what we accomplished on this episode. <laughs> or if anything was accomplished at all. Well, it's only an hour. We don't have to wrap it. We can just add more to it later. We could. Or we could just start a whole new one later. That's true. Yeah, to keep that bank... We're, we're, build, we're rebuilding our inventory so that we have better mental health so we can make better stuff for you guys. We don't need to keep them abreast of our mental health. Yeah, we do. They're our, <laughs> they're our friend. They don't need to know. They're our friend. All right. Uh, love you guys. Uh, if, Why are if you we, saying you love If them? we record again, I'll just <laughs> cut out this part. If we want to add to this. Okay. Anyway. All right. Boston Art Podcast. Bye. Boston Art Podcast is an independent DIY production by Brian Huntress and Theodora Earthworms. The information contained in this episode represents the views and opinions of the original creators or our guests, and does not represent any institution, organization, or business. Find us on Instagram at Boston Art Podcast, and tune in for a new episode every Friday. Thank you for listening. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino's home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.